This is episode number 40 of the Church Collective Podcast. This is just a fantastic practical uh, episode where Brian Campbell and I talk about using click tracks and multi-tracks and backing tracks and everything you'd need to get started in your worship service. So if you haven't uh, taken your team to the next level with clicks and metronomes and all that, this is where you want to start. Just a really fantastic conversation. So here we go with the Church Collective Podcast, episode number 40. I was I was a part of a smaller church for about two and a half years. Okay, and and our team um, was was older guys. Like the demographic was probably around forty five to fifty five. Okay, and we were we were able to use click tracks and what we were doing hmm. and starting there in a way where we were able to provide excellence. But it was um, we found a way that it worked well for our team to communicate that, okay. and it wasn't the same way that like uh, like a gateway or. Um, you know, like uh, a new life or somebody would, would use a mo- uh, the click and backing yeah. or the same frequency, but we were able to use it in our services in a way that communicated what we were trying to do and, and really enjoy the benefits of, of having a click or having a backing. Sure. So how, how did you guys get into that? Or what, like what, how did, how did you see the need, I guess, first? Yeah. Well, I think for, for our team with, Having a click, having a click track, allows you to really put your team on on a basically a ruler. You know, yeah. you've got um, you've got a grid then that you've or a standard that you're able to put other musical textures onto. And as you're getting into delays, as you're getting into effects, um, even as um, just in terms of timing and and keeping the team together, um, having a click as that seventh member of your band mm. can be a really good thing just to where the guys start to play to that member of the band. And, um, but then it, it also helps to keep things really clear where it's not just a, a big electric delay wash, or it's not like on this, um, arpeggiator on the, on the keys that your keyboard player is doing. Yeah. It's not just out in la la land. It's actually to a tempo yeah. and can be really precise even even in a live setting, so that's that's really why we started to do it, and and also in terms of, um, I guess our 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 set and service lengths. You know, we had we had multiple services on a Sunday, and we were trying to keep things pretty standard in terms of timing, hmm. and um, even if you if you're off three to five beats per minute, um, that can change the the length of each song between one and three minutes. Yeah. You know, so it's like it can become a, a big variable. So it's just taking those variables out of the equation. Um, sure. And so that's that's kind of where we went with it. Okay. And, so in your in a smaller church, what like uh, what equipment did you guys use to to be able to integrate the click? Well, what we had, um, we we started really <laughs> really bare bones and um, moved first to to in ears. You know, obviously, if you have a click going, then um, you know, in-ear monitors are going to be what somebody is going to have to be using at that at some point. Yeah, and it can be as simple as a drummer using in-ear monitors with a metronome, mm. um, like a Doctor Beat or something like that, or um, actually having that click track 
sent through your monitor chain into the in-ears for every single person on your team to be using. And we used, um, we used like a four send, um, headphone amp. Mm. So it was like simple, uh, wired in each guy had their, had control of their, their volume. And that's what they were able to use. Yeah. So they, they had their general mix and then they had a click track in that general mix too. Yeah. I know for, um, some of my teams that have done it, um, one of the issues that they, we've run into is like sometimes we'll go to say an outdoor venue or something like that. And we don't have the ability to get uh, in ear system for the whole team. So a lot of times the drummer will have to be the only one that has a click. And I think if you're in that situation, um, your whole team really has to understand that you kind of have to bow to the drummer because they're going to have a pretty stressful job trying to keep you guys all together. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just what, what I've seen is that, that there has to be a recognition. If your team isn't like recognizing that the click is in the drummer's ears, then it kind of doesn't work. Um, but if you're, mm-hmm. in a, if you're in a much smaller church and you don't have the ability to get monitoring in the ears, like I think that your first step is to get your drummer on the click, probably in personal practice time first for a while before they come in and try to hold you together. Um, but definitely, but that, that, that's been a big one. Yeah. There, there are some kind of non-negotiables and, and some prerequisites to just of having, you know, having a drummer who, who is, is comfortable with it, who's confident with it. Um, that, and there's different kinds of, of, of click and backing scenarios too. you know, um, unpacking this for a person who's, who's looking at click and backing tracks and hearing about this and saying, what does that mean? What is it? You know, I'm, I'm a little intimidated by what this is going to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, basically with a click, you're able to have, um, a standard where everybody can play along to rhythmically. Um, you're able to hear that for your entire team and then set your, your entire team to that standard. Mm. Um, if it's, you can, you can go as, as precise as having, you know, your verses, your core pre-courses, your choruses bridged all mapped out and, and going directly from each one right in. And so it's a presentation of a song or you can have it as a free flowing thing. So within the, the realm of clicks and backing tracks, you can, you can go really precise in terms of your, your service flow and your order, or you can go completely free flowing as well. Mm. Um, and in a free-flowing situation, um, you can use uh, a music director, an MD mic, and that person would basically be calling out, it'd be a person on your team who's calling out the order of where we're going. Mm. Um, so they know the order, they know kind of where you're flowing. Um, everybody has that microphone in their ears. It's yeah. not in the house, but it's something that you can hear as a team sure. and flow with that. Yeah, we've got a um, one of our contributors, Jeremy McKee, wrote a great post, um, kind of giving tips for the musical director and integrating a musical director into your uh, service. So I'll make sure to link that into the show notes for this episode. Um, but I think that the musical director is a huge um, point of freedom, and, and I know mm. that that's like really a frontier too. That a lot of churches, um, well, especially churches, like, I think it's more. Do you think it's more of a touring thing, or do you know of a lot of churches that have musical directors as well as their worship leaders? Yeah, well, we we came in contact with them a lot more when we were in Australia. Okay, and it seemed like a lot of the churches inevitably, if you're using click tracks, um, ultimately you're going to start using MDs as well mm. because it gives freedom and flow um, to uh, to your your team and then to your pastoral team and staff yeah. um, as you're flowing together. There's somebody who's calling out, okay, this is what we're going into next. Um, then the, the worship leader can really focus on their job of leading worship. Yeah. The director can really focus on 
his or her job of telling the team exactly where we're going next. Sure. And the team can really focus on their job of, of really playing and, and, and leading through the music side of it. Yeah. So, um, since you've done a fair amount of it, could you maybe talk a little bit between the music director and worship leader relationship on the platform, kind of how, how you communicate with them? Yeah. Um, well, it's funny. Most of the, the MD guys are, are pretty low key dudes. Like they're very, they're very high functioning guys, like a guy who's organized and knows the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also a guy that personality wise you can really work with. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're able to clearly communicate where they're going, but they see on a, on a spiritual end, ministry end, they see, they have a vision for service and what they're doing. Yeah. Um, they, they see it as, okay, I'm serving the team through this. It's not about control. It's really about how can we, how can we really serve the people well and clearly communicating what God is doing in our community. Mm. Um, there's a guy actually that, one of the, the best guys that I've seen do this is a guy named Dan Chan, and he's in, in Perth, and he was, um, he's a keyboard player. And, and so as a keyboard player with the programming that he does, he, he knew the songs. He's a worship leader too. Um, and he, being a worship leader, he knows kind of where the songs are going, where they're going to flow. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of, kind of leading worship for the worship leader at the same time too. Mm. And, um, just by the way that he did it, he was able to, to clearly communicate where we were going, have the team know, okay, this is, this is a transition. We're going to flow into this coming out of the, um, maybe out of the prayer, maybe out of, of this, this time that the, the pastor's speaking on and, um, and then do that in a way where, where we're able to, I guess, keep things fresh, even though it's, it's too a click and it's too, to where we're going right that's cool um so maybe maybe talk a little bit about the the integration of the backing tracks with the click like with, with. yeah yeah well um so so if you're starting off with um if you're starting off and you've got a drummer who can play to to a metronome you've got a team that's that's on board with vision they're they're using in-ears they're all they're all set with this, and we're like, we want to start using um, click and backing track in in our services. Um, if you have if you have a backing track, typically what it is is it's a um, it's a it's a piece of it's a texture in your songs that's that's actually enhancing what you're doing. So there are things that the backing track is covering that your team won't have to do. Um, there's maybe things that are difficult to communicate in a live situation. Mm. Um, for instance, you have like a sub kick that drops, and it's just a big low end kind of echoey um, uh, big thing. We used it in a song that Matt Redmond did called "You Alone Can Rescue." Mm-hmm. And on the bridge, when we would hit into the bridge, we just use this big sub kick, and that's a hard thing to to move between EQs live. So if you would have like a sub kick hit on in in a live situation, that's pretty much what that that um, instrument would be used for. Right. But if you're in a backing track situation, it's it's basically just a it's a sound bit on a on a backing track and and you just hit it and it, it, it hits automatically and then you're good to go. Hmm. Um, even if you have a trigger on your keyboard for that that sub kick hit, it's it's something you got to pull up. It's something you've got to have in a setting. All those those kind of things. So backing tracks allow you kind of free you up to really just focus on on what your team does and. Um, then it, it can also put your team in a place where you may have 
musicians who aren't as um, technically savvy or, or, you know, you've got a guy who's coming and he's, he's putting in his time each week um, on electric guitar. And he's like, man, I, I love serving on, on electric. I just, I don't, I can't do a lot of these effects kind of things. Right. Or you have like a keyboard player who's like, I can play keys. I can play pads for you. I want to serve. I just can't do, you know, triggers as we're going live and things. Mm. Um, backing tracks can free your team up to do what they do best and still have a really cool kind of ear candy quality to what you're doing. And um, so I guess, I guess for us, we, we go back and forth to like certain songs will, um, we found that, that a click can work really well on, and, and that's all we need. Yeah. Um, certain songs will, will go with just a backing. And honestly, there's times that, that it's, it's nice to just be able to step away from both of those two and just kind of free, free flow sure. in worship as well. Um, and I guess when we started the conversation today, it was really starting on, on some of the pitfalls and, and where, you know, uh, some, some challenges to it. And I think for a lot of teams, just finding a way to balance the different elements yeah. and say, you know, what's really going to work well for us in the season, what's going to work well for us in, in this song or this service, right. how can we best communicate what we're trying to do? Yeah. And I think even in your own sets, um, I know even this past weekend at, at my church, there were a couple songs where I made the call at, at the rehearsal to not use the click because I felt like it was forcing, um, kind of forcing the team in a direction that we didn't want to go. And I was kind of, you know, ebbing and flowing with a little bit of it. So yeah. um, I think either if you're using clicks or you're not using clicks, I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive. And I know I've run into some worship leaders, even some some of the musicians on my team. It's either, you know, we need to run clicks on every song or we need to just not do it at all. And then you can use a little bit of both, even in a single song, you can have click in the front end and then pull it away for a little more uh, flexibility at the back end of it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, that is kind of nice too. I, exactly what you're saying with the, with being able to use a click midway through a song yeah. or through, through a section, maybe um, oh, what's a song uh, like sinking deep. Yeah. You know, it's young and free ones yeah. with it with the piano at the beginning and maybe you want to have that be flowing at the, at the beginning of the song. Yeah. And, um, that, that chorus right before everybody cuts into, to full on, maybe you want to start the click there. Yep. Yeah. That was, that one, um, was actually a perfect example. We, we did that at, at my church two weeks ago and, um, the entire front end, we didn't use the click. So we ended up setting up the backing track to come in just on the big hit of the bridge. And so our drummer was our, um, music director for for the day so he hit the button right when we went into it and then it picked back up but um that's, that's a, that, yeah that's that song especially um I, I don't know if you necessarily need the click at the front and honestly it was it was kind of difficult because it's a really complex piano part and we found that the click was kind of just making it really hard on our piano player and myself as i was trying to sing it so we just set it aside and programmed it to pop in when we needed it man that's perfect yeah i think that's it too like um Seeing uh, with a lot of these elements, it's easy. I think we've talked about this too with production elements. Um, it's easy to have these elements begin to control your 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 worship service, right. yeah. Versus being something that you can use to communicate clearly what you're, you're trying to do, right? And so finding the balance of that, um, don't letting it not letting um, it control you, but then letting it be something that 
that you can utilize in a way that really enhances your team. Sure. Yeah. And, and with every element of their worship service, really like how, how can, does this element, how does this music, how do these you know pieces help my, my congregation, my setting, my team worship, I, th- I think is a, an important question whenever you're setting mm-hmm. anything up. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great point. What would you say to somebody who um, wants to start? Like where, where's their first, what's the first thing they need to do in your opinion? Yeah, I think, um, I think um, having having a vision where the team is is on board with it, where they see the the benefits of it, mm. um, where where they're like, okay, we're going to work through this because there is a learning curve, and you'll have people on your team who are who are very much like just like when you use in ears or any of those things, um, it's something new, and because it's new, change sometimes is <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a tough thing for people. Sure. Um, well, what I found with my teams. Um, uh, at least when I've got a classical guitar background was what my major, my undergrad major was in. Um, so metronome was like a, it's just, it's what I did. You know, I, I spent so much time with the metronome that is just second nature. And, and what I found for some of my team members, they didn't really even know what a metronome was, nor did they have one. So when I started getting closer to integrating clicks, I actually started encouraging the team members, especially the drummer to actually take a metronome home and uh practice on their own just to kind of get that beat in their head because if you're not mm. if your team members individually aren't used to it you're you're probably in for a train wreck when you bring five of them together and you expect them to all magically know how to work with the click track so that's yeah. definitely been one one of my things you can do that this week even if you're not integrating clicks into your team for six months like your team will get better if they're all practicing at home with a metronome um just right out the gate they'll start locking in with each other whether or not there's a click and then once you start integrating that click, it kind of becomes this multiplicative effect where your whole team is kind of practicing along with the click track and they become better as a, as a whole unit too. That's great. And with planning software, you know, if you have planning center or any of those, yeah. those kind of software tools, there's a BPM option on mm-hmm. the track in your item notes. Yep. And just, just communicating that to your team is, is helpful because the drummer will see that and he's like, Oh, okay, 132 BPMs or yeah. um, 76 BPMs, then telling him, hey, when you get home and you're working on this track, you're rehearsing to it, rehearse to this BPM. Right. And um, then they can have a chance to see, okay, can I stay on the beat? Am I changing? Am I accelerating or decelerating through the song? Mm-hmm. And um, begin to standardize that more. Yeah. So we've got our teams all ready. They're practicing. And now we're, we're going to start integrating. What would you do next? I would start with a click, and I would start with um, having that through the ears, if possible. If you have an in-ear monitor rig for everybody, then um, just putting that as a separate channel and saying, hey, guys, make sure that you put this up. Make sure that you're playing to this as as another member of your band. Um, That's a great place to start. Um, On the backing track end, there's tons of resources where you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, a lot of guys feel like, okay, I want to start using some of these effects and these elements, but I don't know the first thing about how to begin creating these tracks. Right. Um, maybe we can talk about that sometime of just how to how to create tracks and, and sure. um, the process of going through that. But um, with, on a, on, a, on a simple end, um, you can you can. There's some different sites. I think uh, we talked about this. Multitracks.com is okay. one. Loop, um, Loop Community is another one. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all great. Like um, they're they're doing, they're essentially doing the same thing, 
and you're able to download a version of the track where you have on one side you have the click Mm-hmm. And on the and count ins maybe there's there's cues that the MD would be doing right and then on the other side there's backing um, and you can choose which backing elements that you want like maybe you want guitar for your band maybe you uh, want bass on this track um, and then you would plug that into uh, it really into iTunes um, and then you have you you want to have a splitter cable that's going from your computer the eighth inch out to two quarter inch and one would be the, your right channel, and that'll be channel one. Your left will be channel two. Yeah. Say you put your click on channel one on the right side. Um, that goes right into a direct box and its own channel, and that'll be your click channel. Left will go to backing, and it goes to its own direct box and then its own channel into, the, into your mixing. And your, uh, both channels will be run to your monitor mix, so you'll send both to your auxes or to, to your AVM channels. And then um, the backing will be run through the house. So um, your click channel will stay on, but it won't be run through through the house. It'll only be run through the ears. So your team can hear it. It's all set up, ready to go. You push play. They hear the clicks. They control the, uh, through the AVM unit, they control the, um, the clicks and the count-ins. And then the backing's on the other side. And they can put their mix together. Hmm. Yeah. That's it. So you're in the system and they're running with it, and yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you listen to this and you did all that and you're, you're ready for it, we'd love to hear hear from you in the comments on the podcast. Just kind of how you've done it, what kind of pitfalls you've seen. We'll definitely continue this discussion uh, through posts and, and and all that, and I'll make sure to link all the references and posts that we've talked about in this uh, episode. Um, but I, I think ultimately there's a huge element of uh, musical excellence that you can bring to your team by integrating clicks and tracks and and i think above all else you really just want to use them as a a way to further glorify god and really just um, help your congregation connect with god more so as you're doing it to really think through uh every bit of that as you're you're going about leading people definitely yeah i think that's that's the big one for um you know we we come we're in a society where there's so many different people um listening to to really quality music um throughout their week they're inundated with with excellence and high quality stuff and then um for for teams you know like on a sunday morning if they're coming into a service and they're hearing music that's that's on a different level or or it's just not in in on the same kind of plane as that um it's hard sometimes for people to connect so what what these backing tracks allow people to do is really to kind of get lost in that place again, where um, the quality of music isn't a distraction to them on a Sunday morning. They're able to just really focus in and and really get lost in that place where um, it's it's in line with with kind of um, musically what they're hearing through their week and doing it in a way where you're not killing your team in the process too. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode. As always, head to thechurchcollective.com and connect with us. We want to connect with you and we want to connect you with others.